are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, February 9th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're listening to today, then please be sure real quick to go and follow the podcast. You could also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, both of which will help me out tremendously. It only takes a quick couple of seconds, a quick click of the button, and best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free, and if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, good morning, everyone, and as always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And later on this evening, folks, at 7 p.m. Central Time, the Blackhawks are finally back in action for the first time following the NHL All-Star break as they'll be taking on the Edmonton Oilers for the second time this season. So, of course, on the show today, I'll be previewing that matchup between the Blackhawks, and the Oilers up in Edmonton. I'll also go over all of the latest Blackhawks injury updates as well as their projected lineup. And then to wrap things up today will be my three keys to victory for the Blackhawks. All that and plenty more right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. To kick things off today though, folks, I wanted to uh, set the table, if you will, for the contest tonight between the Chicago Blackhawks and Edmonton Oilers. And as I just mentioned, this is a 7 p.m. Central Time puck drop. And for all those curious, it will be televised on NBC Sports Chicago. And as I'm looking at it now, or was looking at it just a couple of moments before the show, I'm going to double check to make sure I'm right real quick. Um, But I do not believe there will be a game in the month of February on Hulu or ESPN+. Plus, I'm going to double-check that real quick to make sure I'm correct. Uh, yeah, that does look like it will be the case. So uh, all games for the rest of the month for the Chicago Blackhawks will be televised here in the Chicago land area. I know that will make a lot of my listeners out there very happy. But looking at this matchup tonight between the Hawks and the Oilers, it's a battle between two teams who both have been rather streaky here as of late, whether that be good or bad, uh, because the Hawks obviously have lost seven of their last eight games following a four-game winning streak, and even before that four-game winning streak, they had lost seven in a row, so the the up-and-down roller coaster ride, that's really been the story of the season for the Blackhawks. You just never know what team is going to show up. There's no consistency on a nightly basis whatsoever for the most part. It's just up and down, up and down, up and down. Uh, And then for Edmonton, they've kind of been dealing with the same thing here as of late because from December 1st to January 20th, one thing I noticed when I was doing some research on the Oilers is uh, during that span, they went 3-11-2 
in 16 games, which pushed them pretty far down in the standings. But since then, they've responded well, won five of their last seven, uh, with one of those losses coming in overtime as well. So they got points in six of their last seven games. And their only loss actually just came last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. They got skunked four to nothing by Vegas. So um, this is an Oilers team that apparently it looks like have figured out their problems as of late, um, but they are now on the back end of a back-to-back right out of the gate. And I, th- I think it's worth bringing up, you know, that with the Hawks having rested legs from the All-Star break, pretty much a week off for everyone except for Alex Dabrinkit, um, there's really no excuse for this team to not come out with a good push and, and for the most part, throughout the course of the game, not be in, in the thick of things, you know? There's no excuses. Um, and one thing I wanted to say as well, um, with, I've just heard the Blackhawks talking about their mentality for the second half of the season with the outlook, (laughs) the outlook seeming pretty bleak. Um, you know, if these guys in the locker room, if they want more time together, it's literally now or never. And I know from an outsider's perspective and from the media, we know the Blackhawks aren't making the playoffs. We all realize that. I mean. With what we've seen from the first half, they're also still 13 points back of a playoff spot, and not to mention, still have five teams ahead of them in the standings. So, yeah, playoffs aren't happening unless something absolutely bananas goes on here in the second half, but there, there hasn't been any reason to believe the Blackhawks would be capable of putting that together based on what we've seen so far this year. So, we know they more than likely are not going to be making the playoffs. But one thing that I found interesting, you know, or just, I mean, I guess it's common to see, but they've said all the right things, you know, and how Derek King put it um, was they, they want to be true pros. I saw a story from Steve Greenberg, I believe it was, from uh, the, Ch- the Chicago Sun-Times wrote a story about this, um, about how the Hawks, you know, they're still going to give it their all here in the second half. Obviously, they're going to do everything they can. and going to keep they're going to keep believing in themselves and just kind of see where it's going to go and those are kind of the words that Derek King told his team at practice on Tuesday morning um but with the way that King has come in here and he's been a, a lighthearted guy he's kind of just let the team play it's not looking likely that he's going to be retained as the head coach going forward um but if the players you know I think they, they owe it to him and also owe it to themselves to kind of stick by that mentality that King has laid out for them. And I really think it starts with a good effort out of the gate tonight against an Oilers team that just lost 4 to nothing last night. Not that the outcome really matters against this Blackhawks team. doesn't really matter what they did last night. But more importantly, they just played a game last night, right? They're not going to have the freshest of legs and shouldn't be as fresh as the Blackhawks. So... There's no reason for the Hawks not to come ready to play, come hungry, and be ready to work hard right out of the gate, you know? It's, it's now or never. The Hawks only have 16 wins in 46 games so far this year. That ain't cutting it. And if those guys in the locker room, if they want more time together, if they want their buddies to be sticking around, then they better start winning. Or else teammates are going to start getting moved one by one by one here. And that's 
looking like the direction we're going to be heading in no matter what at this point, thanks to that putrid first half. But um, more importantly, if the if the team wants to live up to Kinger's words and expectations, which I think is really important, then it all starts right here, right now against Edmonton. So, good effort tonight from the Blackhawks. Must be seen. I don't think anyone, including myself, believes that this team could put together a Cinderella run, but uh, for any hopes of doing the impossible, and more importantly, sticking to Kinger's word, it has to start with a victory tonight against the Oilers up in Edmonton, Alberta. Alright, there are some quick thoughts on the Blackhawks matchup later this evening against the Oilers. Coming up in just a moment, I will get into some of the Hawks' latest injury updates along with their projected lineup for tonight's game. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. There may be less football being played now, but Bet Online has way more odds and info for the playoff season with Super Bowl Sunday on the horizon. From game scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all NFL betting here in 2022. And from basketball to the NHL, boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks, getting into segment two now on the show today. I first wanted to get into some of the injury updates that Coach Derek King provided following practice on Tuesday. And on the show yesterday, I was actually um, wrapping up recording while Kinger was talking, and I quickly mentioned that neither Jonathan Taves nor Kevin Lankinen are going to travel with the team for this current three-game road trip that the Hawks are on. Uh, but neither, I guess, will Jujar Kara, Tyler Johnson, and Reese Johnson. Neither of the two Johnsons that were all that surprising, as I said yesterday. Um, looks like they'll each be returning towards the end of the month or so, or sometime early on in March. Johnson took on full contact in practice for the first time yesterday uh, since he underwent ADR disc replacement surgery on his neck back in early December. Uh, and then Reese Johnson's still recovering from a broken clavicle. He has not been cleared for contact contact just yet. But for Jujar Kara, it was interesting to note that King said Kara's getting a second opinion on the lower back injury that he's been dealing with recently. And we actually saw Kara back on the ice for a couple of practice sessions and I believe a morning skate as well prior to the All-Star break. But then he wasn't on the ice for practice yesterday. And now we know that's because he's getting his back looked at once again by uh, another doctor or another specialist of some sort. Other than that, no real update on Kara at the moment, um, but definitely something to keep an eye on. And the poor guy seems like he's been dealing with injuries all season long so far in Chicago. So hopefully he won't be out any longer than this three-game stint that the Hawks have on the road right now. And I'm really hoping that also is going to be the case for Captain Jonathan Taves, who still has not cleared concussion protocol at this point. And we've heard reports that Johnny, we've heard good things. He's been around 
Fifth Third Arena while the team is practicing. He might be doing some light exercises on the side. He's been seeing his teammates and everything. All of that is definitely a good sign that it's not terribly serious. It just seems like the Hawks, as they should be, are handling the situation very cautiously due to Taze's history. And not only with what he went through the past couple of years, which kept him off the ice for all of last season, but he also does have a history of concussions dating back to the early part of his career. So for a couple of different reasons here, it does make sense for the Hawks to be very patient with Jonathan Taze right now. And with the position they're in, there's no need to be rushing him back on the ice. Get Kirby Doc some more experience in that second-line center role. Um, but for, for Taze's sake, you know, it, it's been such a frustrating past couple of seasons for him. Uh, and hopefully the captain will be able to rejoin the team once they return to Chicago as well. Because despite his offensive struggles early on in the season, Taze has been much better in these past couple of months. It feels like he's kind of just gotten warmed up and adjusted more and more. Still not back to the old Jonathan Taze we saw in that final year before um, he, he suffered that illness. Um, but he, he has been better in these past couple of months. And also, for what he provides defensively on the penalty kill and at the faceoff dot, his absence is certainly one this team feels both on and off the ice. But getting into the Blackhawks' projected lineup for tonight's game, um, at this point, no word on a morning skate. I'm curious if that's because in Canada, I don't know if the media is allowed to attend the morning skate, or I know the Oilers played last night, so they probably weren't going to have a morning skate, but it's tw- it's 12 o'clock here as I'm recording in, in Chicago, and there's been no word of a morning skate so far, so um, kind of just projecting things here. I'm sure we'll hear King talk to the media at some point. Um, but if I had to guess, first in that, it would be Marc-Andre Fleury getting the start because he's been getting all the looks with Lankinen out due to an injury. And with no one not being, uh, with not really being sure how much longer we're going to have the pleasure of calling Marc-Andre Fleury our goaltender, uh, as long as he's here, I give Kinger the A-OK to keep riding him because, I mean, undoubtedly he's he's been the MVP of this Blackhawks team this season and the only reason they probably have half of those 16 wins that they do has been thanks to the play in net from him so um he he's literally our only chance at not not only uh stringing together something magical here potentially but also just keeping this team in the game night in and night out um, so yeah, I, I fully do expect Flurry to be the one suiting up in net for the Blackhawks tonight once again. As for the rest of the lineup, though, I would expect King to probably go with the same forward lines and defensive pairings that we saw at practice yesterday, based on all the injury news. No Jonathan Taves, um, no Juju Arcara. Riley Stillman did travel with the team, I believe, but I don't expect him to play since we didn't see him on the ice Tuesday. Uh, Kevin Lankinen obviously didn't travel. That leaves Arvid Soderblom as the backup. Another reason to believe Flurry is going to get the start here tonight. Um, but starting with the forward group up top, I would expect Dominic Kubalik, Dylan Strom, and Patrick Kane to be the top line. And that's a massive opportunity for Kubalik to kind of get it going here and, and to find his game in the second half to get off to a good start, getting uh, teamed up with a couple of guys in Strom and Kane who have been really showcasing their skill set together and have been doing well since being um 
since Strom was moved up to that top line uh, about a month ago now, I believe, or maybe a couple of weeks. Um, and then the second line, I think, will be Alex Dabrinkit, Kirby Doc, and Brandon Hagel. And as I talked about a moment ago, as long as Taze remains out, Kirby Doc should and probably will be the second line center. And I think that's a good spot for him to be in uh, between two of the better players for the Blackhawks this year and Alex Dabrinkit and Brandon Hagel. And hopefully he can kind of keep progressing and keep developing that offensive side of his offensive side of the game here as we go through uh, the rest of this season. The third line looks like it will be Philip Kurashev, Josiah Slavin, and Sam Lafferty, which is kind of an interesting third line. Definitely not the deepest of third lines, I will admit. Um, but I think it's going to be an important second half for all three players here. And for Kurashev, I spoke about this yesterday. I really think he needs to start showing something on a nightly basis. The consistency has been a major issue for him this year. And I just wonder if the Hawks have lost any confidence in his uh, in his ceiling, potentially, because I kind of have with what we've seen out of him in his first two NHL years. So I think it's a big second half for Kurashev. And then for Josiah Slavin, who was recently recalled from Rockford yesterday, uh, it kind of feels like he would be a young guy that would get some more looks here in the second half if things kind of go as we expect if the Blackhawks continue to to kind of not be able to pick up enough victories to get themselves back in the playoff race and just want to start giving some more time to their prospects. Slavin, it feels like, would be in that group. So uh, big second half here for him. Uh, in the big second half for him, if he does wind up getting the opportunities that we expect. And then for Sam Lafferty, he has been a pleasant surprise since getting acquired from the Pittsburgh Penguins not that long ago. His speed, his size, his willingness to bang along the boards, along with a little bit of a skill game in between there as well. He's been really effective, I've thought, and has been one of the better Blackhawks recently. So um, I'm really curious to A, see how he's going to continue on in the second half, and then B, I'm curious to see how the Hawks are going to handle his situation, being with Lafferty being on an expiring contract, but possibly also being a piece going forward as well if he continues to have good performances. I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with top six Sam Lafferty. Hopefully we can get him back up in the top six soon. Um, But then on the fourth line, that leaves Henrik Borgstrom, Ryan Carpenter, and Mackenzie Whistle. Fourth line worldwide is getting reunited. That trio for a couple of games not all that long ago really was moving the puck well and had it going on. Borgstrom found his way to chip in for a couple of goals, and more importantly, they were just spending a lot of their ice time in the offensive zone. And for your fourth line to do that, you know, that's a big helping hand, especially when this Blackhawks offense overall has really struggled to find the back of the net. So I'm really hoping that that trio can pick up right where they left off a few a few games back and can help pitch in on both ends of the ice for the Blackhawks tonight. And then on defense, I would expect, you know, the top four to remain Calvin DeHaan, Seth Jones, Connor Murphy, and Jake McCabe. Maybe they're not paired together, although those were the pairings in practice yesterday, but that's probably going to be the top four for the Blackhawks. But if King does wind up sticking to uh, the pairings that he went with yesterday, that would mean Jakob Galvis jumping into the lineup over Eric Gustafson. 
while, of course, Riley Stillman also remains out with a shoulder injury. And I've talked about this a bunch of times now. Galvis, I know it was only three games, but he was pretty impressive in his first NHL stint there in mid-January and was deserving to be recalled here for the second half. We, we got to find a way to get him some more ice time, especially with a Calvin DeHaan trade plot probably on the, on the horizon. Ah, I can't talk. <laughs> um, but I know I'm probably not the only one who's super excited to see Jakob Galvis potentially be back in the lineup here tonight. Uh, and if he repeats the performance that he had in that first stint, I wonder if he's going to kind of force the coaching staff's hand here and uh, to keep him in the lineup for the rest of the second half going forward. All right, there are some thoughts on the Blackhawks projected lineup tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into my three keys to victory. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or even just eating healthier, then make sure to include Built Bar in your plan because right now, you can get the best of both worlds with Built Bar. Delicious and healthy. And so many flavors, you'll have a hard time choosing. Will you have raspberry or mint brownie? Coconut almond or double chocolate? Cookies and cream or peanut butter brownie? These are real protein bar flavors, and it's hard to believe these protein bars only have 180, 180 to 200 calories, but they do. They're tremendously tasty and good for you, and they make it easier to stick to your resolution because they just taste so good, you'll actually want to eat them. Unlike some other protein bars out there, which can be chalky or waxy and even just tastes like a chemical spill sometimes. And even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something healthy and something that tastes good. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And for a limited time offer, go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15, one word LOCKED in all caps, followed by the number 15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Moving on into segment three today, before I finish things up on the show here, I also wanted to get into my three keys to victory for the Blackhawks tonight against the Edmonton Oilers. First, I already kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier on in the show, but I think the opening 20 minutes are going to be very telling for the Blackhawks' chances here tonight because coming off of the All-Star break, they should be able to have fresh legs. And going up against a team that just played late last night and also lost 4 to nothing, I think if the Hawks get worked in those up opening 20 minutes, I think not only is it going to be absolutely deflating for this group um, and shows you that they're probably not going to be putting together one of their better efforts, it's probably going to be uh, a tough one for them to score goals because we've seen that time after time after time this year. First period has not been good to the Chicago Blackhawks, and there have been plenty of times where 
they've completely slashed their chances of winning due to a horrendous effort right out of the gate. So, against the Oilers tonight, coming off a, a week break, basically, for everyone other than Alex Dabrinkit, I know they still have a couple of guys out of the lineup, most importantly, Jonathan Taves. But if they want to start the second half out with a, if they want to start out the second half with a victory, then I think they need to start with a strong effort right from that opening puck drop. Because we haven't done that enough. I think they've only the Hawks have only scored the first goal six times in their last 16 games. For the most part, those 16 those last 16 games have not been great. Other than that four-game winning streak, it's been all losses. So I think it's really important and key for the Blackhawks to have a chance here tonight. Come out strong in the first period. Come out with the lead after 20 minutes. I think that's huge and would go a long way in pulling out a victory because the Oilers, they're going to have a hard time keeping up the energy having just played last night. So I think if the Hawks get off to a good start, that's going to go a long way to picking up two points here tonight in Edmonton. My second key is to take advantage of kind of a shoddy Oilers defense. Breaking down Edmonton, the defensive side of things is not their strong suit. They rank 21st on the penalty kill this year at just 77.6%. They also rank 23rd in the NHL by giving up 3.3 goals per game. We know their offense is deadly. But the defense is not very deep. And not only are, are both Oscar Clefbaum and Chris Russell out of the lineup tonight, but Edmonton is also going to be without starting goaltender Miko Koskinen. He was placed in COVID protocol back on Monday. And Mike Smith got the start in net last night for the Oilers against Vegas. So the Blackhawks could be up against not only an Oilers team that's without a couple of key defensemen, but they could also be facing Stuart Skinner. Skinner for the second time this season in goal. And um, Looking at Skinner's numbers, he's only played in 11 games so far this year. Not a whole lot of action for him. So, if the Hawks, they can put together some strong shifts, have a shoot-first mentality, get chances in transition, clean exits out of the defensive zone, you know, I think they're going to have their chances here tonight against this defense, you know, uh, other than Darnell Nurse, who is probably still overpaid, um, but... To his credit, he does play basically half the game back there. Um, but besides Darnell Nurse right now for the Oilers on D, it's Cody CC, Tyson Berry, then a 38-year-old Duncan Keith. No knock on dunks, of course. Love the guy to death. But 38 years old, I, I have seen a lot of Oilers fans not happy with his game so far this season, which is quite unfortunate. Um, but I hope Dunks is still happy being closer to his son. He's playing on a much more competitive team, so. He really gets the last laugh over us. Um, but then other than those guys, it's young Evan Bouchard and then William Legison back there. So not the deepest of defenses by any means that the Blackhawks are going up against tonight. And I know their offense has been a problem all year long, but there's really no reason why they shouldn't be getting their looks and could find the back of the net at least three times, I think, against this defense and goaltender combo tonight in Edmonton. My third and final key to victory for the Hawks is to help out the big guns. Dylan Strom, Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit, feels like those three have been doing everything for this team recently. I'll also throw Brandon Hagel into that group as well. Um, but I think if the Hawks can get at least one or 
I know this is asking a lot, but two two goals <laughs> from their bottom six or from their defensemen, again, I know that's asking for a lot, um, but at least one. If those guys can chip in for just one here tonight, that would be such a massive boost for the top lines and the star players for the Blackhawks because um, one thing to consider, last night was just the second time all season long that neither Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl recorded a point in a game for the Oilers. Just the second time that's happened all year where both of them were kept off the score sheet in the same game. So, yeah, you can probably expect both of them to get on the board at least once here this evening. So for the Hawks to keep up, I really think they need to get some help offensively from their bottom six and from their defensemen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Wednesday, February 9th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast, which is hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and even Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks! Let's kick off the second half with a victory here tonight up in Edmonton. And thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.